Welcome to the End Times Chat. Our passion is found in the words of Jesus. There will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars. On the earth, nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. People will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world, for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. When these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. Each week, you will hear news from around the world that will urge you to wake up to these events to make you knowledgeable about what the Bible says about them. Join GJ and Dan in the conversation. Hey, what happened to that photo? That those two dudes—they looked like models. Uh, you know what? Oh, right behind you. Oh yeah, yeah, it's right there. I just right love that photo, and I had nothing to do with it, and. Y'all made me look really good. Hey, you know. <clears throat> thanks. I know you may not you may not feel it, but it's how we see you. Yeah, behind behind you. Behind <laughs> you. <laughs> no. No. Well, I think behind I, you. Well, being this is a Tuesday and it's not early at all. <laughs> you're looking quite good for not for not being too early in the day, you know? Just saying. Yeah, do we let the cat out of the bag? Why not? This is pre-recorded, everybody. We're not going live today because we have some travel plans, but we always want to be available to you. We always want to put these out. So we're meeting on a Sunday morning, and it is pretty early. Our sun just came out where I am. I'm starting to see some blue skies or clouds or whatever that yeah. is out there. We're seeing the blue skies on your glasses. Hey. That is, is that not an optical illusion. That is not an optical illusion. There is blue on his glasses. Don't know why we tried to figure it out. We felt like, well, we're still sleeping, so we're like we'll just roll with it. <laughs> Trying to hide my eyes. College football started here in the U.S. of A, and uh, I just love football weather. Yeah, I wish I could say it's football weather right now. It's 111 degrees today. Hey, That's the it's high. football weather, bro. Football weather. That's football weather. I mean, <clears throat> on the no, something tells me that's not true. <laughs> something tells me they shouldn't be out on the field at 111 degrees. That's but we story. don't have a football team. That's my story, and I'm sticking Maybe. to it. Well, hey, you do. That's fine. You do right hey. here. Right here. Go no, Tigers! Come on, Go Tigers. come on, Louisiana! Come on, Louisiana! Anyway, yeah, it's a <clears> uh, it's. It's going to be a hot, hot couple of days. It's like we talked about last week. It's supposed to be yeah. over 110, 111 here this week. So it's going to be insane. Wow. If you know what I mean. Well, I'm headed so to Minnesota. We, and it's yeah, not going to be gonna, 111. No. I think it's a high of 83, What's which it? is very hot. Holy cow. That's it? Yeah. And 49 at, at, at night. I mean, that's like our May, <laughs> May and June. Actually, June gets up to 90. July, we hit 90 to 100. August, it seems like we have 100 degrees all month. September, now that we're in, we're hitting above 100 already. And then at nighttime, I think last night it was 79. I'm like, really? Is this necessary? Well, when I used to live in Vegas, it was, I remember it, 
midnight one time. I had to go pick somebody up at the airport. And it was 105. I was like, what oh, the heck? Midnight. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. We just spent time with some people. Who was it we spent time with recently that was from Las Vegas? We we were somewhere, Ty and I, and we were talking to some people that were from Las Vegas. And and they were talking about how, oh, yeah, actually, no, it was, it was a, a good friend of mine, Mark. And I we were visiting, uh, unfortunately, visiting somebody in the hospital. It's a good friend of his for about 20 years who is, mm. uh, I can't really say what he has. But he's in ICU. He's not. He wasn't doing well, so we went to go see him. But this family was from Las Vegas. And one of the guys who was the son of the mom that was there was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to Tennessee. Uh, I'm moving. I'm, not, I'm getting out of here. Out, out of Vegas, that is. And because uh, he's like, I don't want the heat anymore. I don't want that craziness. It's He wants to go a little bit off grid. And his mom was like, I'm staying. I love it here. It's hot. I love it. We got air conditioning. It's thinking, man, more power to the people that want to live in 105, 110 degree weather all the time, it feels like. Anyway, I, I love living there, especially when it's December, January, February. And <laughs> yeah, of course, go, it's beautiful. Here. In, in the morning, it's a little windbreaker. And then by 10 o'clock, you don't need a jacket. So, I mean, I, by, I, I loved it. By noon, you're wearing shorts. <laughs> by two o'clock, you're in the pretty pool. Much wore, yeah, pretty much wore sh- shorts year round. Yeah, well, yeah. Actually, I can do that here. I can do that here in Sacramento. Hey, so we got some weather or earth news, and I'm going to surprise you, GJ, with a with a really cool Whoa. video. And I'm not going to tell you what it is yet. I'm gonna I'm gonna surprise you, but I did happen to hey, see I this one. To, I do love surprises, and by the way, I literally got nothing. And you can surprise me all you want because I'm just going to sit here, be the purple eye candy. <laughs> purple eye candy. I got two black eyes with the blue, and you're purple eye candy. All right. <laughs> So anywho, we uh <laughs> any any blue? Sure did you say any blue? Any blue? <laughs> so we we oh my mind goes. <laughs> I don't know. Take a woo. So, <laughs> I go to movie terminology. Where <laughs> we can do Woosa. Woosa. That was a movie that I love. Two movies, actually. Uh, anyway, so we we've been talking a lot more about earthquakes recently. It, really, they're they seem to be popping up again a little bit more. I'm starting to try to find this pattern that's happening with earthquakes that are happening all over the world. Yeah. But New Britain, Papua New Guinea, six point one. I have actually seen a, quite a few Papua New Guineas pop up as far as earthquakes are concerned. But this one hit. You can see how pretty close to the islands it was near the Solomon Islands. Uh, so just keep them in prayer because I know they've got some things going on over there with uh, with that. But there's also, look at this, GJ. This is Bloomberg. And it says, worst ever storm to hit South Korea. Threatens catastrophic damage. And they're calling this a super typhoon. Hear that silence? That's us being stunned. That's us being speechless. Yeah. Yeah, well, I was actually hacking. So, <clears throat> oh, yeah. you I'm off the medication. <laughs> I, I'm, I feel like I'm a druggie right now. I'm not. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Uh, I'm on medication. Okay. Uh, well, as this, as actually here, so this news is happening on a Sunday, right? So, as we're 
showing this on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, when people watch it, uh, they would have already been hit by this. But it is uh, Monday or Tuesday of um, this week. Of course, today is Tuesday that you're actually watching this. But it's expected to hit landfall. We pray for the people of South Korea with the worst ever catastrophic damage storm that potentially could happen called a super typhoon in South Korea. So what I don't understand is, is how come South, how come North Korea is not being mentioned here? Is that curious? Because isn't North Korea like literally right above South Korea? Well, I mean, I'm looking at this outline here. You've got, looks like there's Japan. So it's like between Japan and headed towards Korea. Isn't that Japan right there? Right here? Yeah, I think so. So it's a, it's, are, it's a peninsula. It's a peninsula. So where South Korea is, is got more water around it. I'm not looking at the map. So, so it's, like, it's like, I've been to Korea, like I've been there seven times. So, and I've been all over. I could tell stories about my trips to Korea, but that's well, for another show. Have, yes. Thank you. I was going to say, we, I'd love to hear it, but probably we need to have pictures of you. When you were over there, if we're going to do this, we need pictures. Yes. Okay. I'll see what I can do. Dig them up. I can only give you like photos, but it won't, it won't show you that. That that could be anywhere in the world. How would you know that was in Korea? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so here's the Korea. When I was in Korea, we did not have phone cameras. You had to like stand behind the thing and then that smoke came up. On, out of behind the camera when he had a Polaroid. <laughs> yeah, you know, when it, when I was taking pictures, somebody pulled out a canvas and a paintbrush and they started painting me. And <laughs> that was our pictures. <laughs> when I was painting with Moses, we were chiseling it out. On stone. Hieroglyphics. Hieroglyphics. <laughs> All right, focus, <laughs> focus. Moving on. We have no idea what we're doing today. And some people might say that's every week. Every Somehow week. we keep so, going. Here's the surprise. Are you ready? Here it comes. Oh, Whoa. yes. We're going to talk about asteroid. Oh, I, I had a suspicion you're going to throw an asteroid at me. Well, I'm going to throw you several made, at you. You made my day. Hey. And that girl is lucky she didn't get hit by it. That's right. Here, I'm going to take a little time on this one because it ratchets up as we're going through, uh, as you're going through this. And so this right here is, happens every one and a half years. It's the, I'm not sure what the energy uh, air burst actually means as far as what the power is, but this is an explosion height at 40 kilometers. And they're showing what would happen over New York City with something of this size. So if you take a look, this is kind of what it looks like going down. It's a kind of small asteroid. It's not very big, maybe 10 feet or something like that. And boom, and no impact to the Earth. But then you ratchet up to this one, which is 20 meters. And um, this is, I guess, similar to what they call the Chelyabinsk event. I'm not sure when that happened. But every 70 years, something like this will actually come. And they're showing what it's going to look like over New York City. It just fascinates. This whole thing fascinates me, actually. But check it out. Watch what happens here. Just to give you a little idea. It explodes. Boom. Right there. You see a little outburst. And you can see that it will actually have some impact. And that's a 20 meter size asteroid, which we, you and I were talking about 
the asteroid that was about 20 meters, I don't know, a couple of weeks back. This one is a 15 meter size asteroid. Uh, it's a, they <clears> say it happens every 900 years. This actually would impact about seven and a half kilometers above New York City. But this one obviously comes faster. Boom. And way more damage. Way more damage. Then, wow. uh, check this one out. This one is 90 meters, the size of uh, Lady Liberty in New York. And we're going to talk about how she's not so much Liberty anymore. But yeah, check this out. It's supposed well, to be 4,500 years. Yeah, you mean liberal. Liberal. Yeah, exactly. Check that out. Check that out. That crater is 1.6, 1.16 kilometers wide. Now that, and that's just uh, one. That's just one asteroid. Yeah, that's just usually, one. They, usually there's a bunch of particles around them, not just the one. And look at the speed by which they actually enter the atmosphere. And of course, they don't burn mm. up as much. Uh, we have a little one that just woke up, and she's going to come in and probably say hello. But check this out. I mean, that's insane. And I was just reading while we're watching these. I was just reading in uh, Revelation about one of the angels, and it, say, and it actually said it looked like a mountain coming out of the sky. And uh, one of the judgments that happens in Revelation, check this one. This one's the size of the Dubai, of the Dubai uh, building, that really tall one over in Dubai. It says it happened every 500,000 years. Well, I'm not sure when they know that happened, but it's, this one's they're going further out in space to kind of show you how it's going to enter the atmosphere. But I was reading Revelation. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Check that out. Wow. I wish people, you know what, guys, if you're what, what's happening is is those on Spotify and iTunes, we're literally watching a rendition of what could happen with an <laughs> asteroid that actually strikes the Earth in near New York City. And you can see the extent of that damage, the size of the crater being 14 kilometers. Anyway, back to what I was saying. I was reading in Revelation how it talks about a mountain coming out of the sky, and it says that it destroys. It hits the, hits the earth and destroys, I think it's a third of the planet. A third of the people die, a third of the livestock. So this next one is the size of, I don't even know what that's the size of. It looks like the size of a city. And so this one is going to impact, again, close to New York. And it's entering Earth's atmosphere. I'm going to give you a play-by-play. -play. Uh, it doesn't even, oh, now it starts to burn up a little bit, hits the atmosphere. And then it strikes and takes out probably most of the eastern seaboard <laughs> oh my goodness that is absolutely insane and obviously and look at that it actually leaves a crater and there's molten lava okay so whoa, let's move whoa. on and, I, and I, now i see i actually saw some people playing volleyball right there they're playing volleyball. <laughs> they all came to visit i, I can't get off of that there's certain things i just can't let go i don't know why asteroids People playing volleyball by a volcano? I, I don't know. I think people would try to actually go up into an airplane and try to surf it down. I'm sure that somebody would try to do that. This is 100 kilometers, oh, this yeah. size of this asteroid. Yeah. It looks like it's about to hit Italy, is what it looks like. And, oh my, did you see that's actually going right towards Rome? Ooh, that's yeah. where the Vatican is just saying. <clears throat> uh, that actually would take, that size, that size asteroid could literally take out a third of the planet. About 100 kilometers from what this wow. rendition is saying. So, and then there's one more I wanted to pop in here. Oh my gosh, it's insane. Uh, my question see. did they actually see them coming? Did they get it right this time? I don't know. Saying? But this, this particular one right here says it only happens every 4 billion years. 
Of course, I'm, how do they know that? I don't know. But it's 940 kilometers wide, which is a <clears> massive size. And I'm not sure that asteroids are round like that, but hey, it's, it's a rendition. But look how slow it seems to be moving towards the planet even. All the other ones were kind of flying pretty quick. And then uh, this one looks like it's about to hit the Mediterranean. Yeah, that's the Mediterranean because that's that. Oh, check this out. Hold on. Let me pause. So if you can see my, my cursor, if, if you're on Spotify and iTunes, you can't see that. But this looks like Turkey. And that's the Black Sea. And then Israel would be over here in this area. So that's where, where they're showing this potentially could happen, which I'm not sure why they're choosing all these different places. But that one actually would take out probably, let's see how far it goes, uh, half the, more than half the planet. Yeah, it would take out probably most of the planet, which is interesting because wow. if it's going to take out most of the planet and four billion years ago, that means this was what the planet looked like four billion years ago. So that one, that one, from what they're saying, this impact comparison that was put out uh, with the scientific data. This is what it would look like. So if you're interested in Spotify and iTunes and seeing what we just saw, you can go to endtimes.chat. You can go to Facebook, uh, Lost Art of Relationship. You can go to Lost Art of Relationship actually on YouTube. And you can check this out. It's at minute number 14 or 15 when we start this. So, so GJ, what do you think, man? Well, <clears throat> you, you brought up endtimes.chat. Oh, yeah. You know the cue. Endtimes.chat. A couple things. Number one is my question is why are you showing this? What has this got to do with anything? So help help our listeners or our viewers understand. That'd be number one. Okay, there's two things. Keep that second question. Two reasons. One, it actually Jesus says there'll be signs in the sun, moon, and stars. And so we're seeing a lot of conversation and talk about what's happening. We talked about the Artemis one that was supposed to go to the moon to for the lunar orbit. That was can't that was scrubbed twice last week because of mechanical situations that were going on. So we don't know when that's going to happen now, or if it even does happen. But then we also read in Revelation that there are things that will happen during the actual tribulation that you, of course, you and I, we believe Christians, or people that know Jesus, believe in Jesus now will be raptured and taken up into heaven. We won't have to experience this. But then there will be people that accept Christ during that time frame that may be involved or at least in, on the planet when this stuff happens. But we know that John, I was talking to Revelation, talks about a mountain coming out of the sky. The only thing that I can think of that we know of today that John would not know what an asteroid was, because I don't even think the term existed back then, he could have called it a mountain coming out of the sky. And then it also talks about, it looks, uh, the second judgment that happens during that time frame. I think this is in Revelation chapter five or six. It talks about the stars falling out of the sky. And so that could potentially be a meteor belt or some kind of meteor shower that actually hits the, hits the earth and takes out quite a bit of the earth. So that's why we're talking about it. Not that this is going to happen anytime soon that we know of, but it's could. We just don't know because obviously surprise asteroids start to show up out of nowhere that they didn't have an, have an, have an idea existed. <laughs> so we're taking a look at those things, and that's why we're showing it. That's the first question. Did you have a second one? I don't have a second question. I just wanted for you to give clarity to our audience. Oh, yeah. Um, and then going back to your question of me, you know, what, what am I thinking here? I'm thinking, okay. 
there's more and more of this being put out. And this isn't the Christians putting this out. This is science, science, NASA, you know, different scientific agencies around the world that are, you know, putting these things out. So I, I see that there's a, an elevation of this being put out. There's a convergence of, you know, what could happen. And, uh, I mean, we've all talked about it different times. There's places around the world that have craters that, you know, they say, Hey, this probably is what happened. So, uh, it makes sense. The other thing is you got all these satellites around orbiting the earth now. I mean, and they're not as big as some of those asteroids, but just think if one of them fell, I mean, it can create a lot of damage too. Yeah. When you start to look at where we're headed and the blessing is, we, you know, as Christians, I mean, we're seeing a lot of crazy things. We talk about it every week that are happening around the world. And so we're, God says in the Bible, clearly there will be perilous times in the end days. Well, then let's say, you know, we're all raptured, as Dan said, because we gave our life to Jesus. So we're removed from stuff like this. Doesn't mean some of this won't happen. I just believe it won't happen to the same degree to after the church is gone. So the Christians are, are gone over a seven year period. Things are going to start to happen crazy. And, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit's gone. Satan takes over stronger, stronger, the level of deception, all that just starts to elevate. Just that alone in the spiritual world is pretty, pretty intense. So the day that I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, I saw a movie and what could happen. And I'm like, I'm not going to be that person. So I actually got scared <laughs> in this accepting Jesus. And I'm like, I, I want to be removed from that. And, uh, you know, that was, a, that was a choice I made a long time ago. And, uh, you know, and, and it was actually because I'm, I would have missed the rapture. And then these types of things happen. So I, I know we're a little off script here. Um, and, to, and we actually don't have a script, by the way. <laughs> Dan, just, Dan just throws stuff at me, and I like strike. <laughs> Whoop! Hey, got to hit you know, I, I love the softball. Well, I loved an asteroid to you, so it's kind of easy to knock out of the park. <laughs> I need to go get a new bat. I think you do. I think you need a bigger <laughs> bat. <laughs> so, so you know. We joke about this stuff, but it's really serious. The thing about it is yeah. we're bringing news. We're bringing things that are in the news that people are talking about. And you can say, well, they've always talked about stuff from space. That's true. However, we're seeing more and more and more. And now we're seeing the visuals that are coming to life. And I just feel like it's God saying, God using men to, to show that the time is getting nearer and nearer and nearer. That's pretty well, much all I got to say about Forrest. No, that's really, really good. That's really, really good. Uh, Lieutenant Dan. We Lieutenant, Lieutenant Dan. Dan. By the way, we met on the did. set. We met, you and I met on the set that Lieutenant Dan was on, he, although he wasn't playing Lieutenant Dan. That's right. Mr. Sinise. He was there. <laughs> he was a pretty cool cat, too. Pretty cool cat. Um, well, hey, let's yeah. move on to Wars and yeah. Rumors of Wars because we have uh, a couple that I just want to mention. Of course, they have to do with Taiwan. And uh, the first is uh, this one right here. They so, are back. <clears throat> they, Taiwan opens fire after China fails to heed a strong warning. 
Gigi, I think you posted this one. I do don't, don't know anything about it. This is all. <laughs> no, I do remember posting it. The only thing I know is that it shows that, hey, we're not backing down. We might be the little guys. We're not backing down. So they're holding their own. And I just, I just, sometimes I just look at the, the, the headline itself and just like, Hey, this is a form of strength in, in their own way. And they're like, Hey, if you're going to bring it on, we're going to bring it on too. We know if they go to war, it's not good for either one. And it's going to affect well, the world because so many products are made in Taiwan and China. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, think, think about, think about that problem. That's why we have to I'm stay updated hacking. on it. Hey, that's I'm okay. Still hacking. I knew you get all choked up when you see me, so it's all good. I do. <laughs> I haven't coughed all. I haven't coughed all week. To so actually, that's not true. <laughs> well, it's interesting that they're in this article. They're telling the the naval officers are telling those in Taiwan. Hey, I want to tell everyone that the more the enemy provokes, the more calm we must be. And the Chinese government, Communist Party, are actually as it says here, scoffing at the incident. They're, it's almost like Taiwan fires at them and they kind of flick a flea or a fly off of their shoulder. That's kind of the word picture I get when I see these because these drones are flying over Taiwan's territory. That's just kind of what's happening. But then I also, GJ, there is a video that you posted as well. And I'm going to pop this up here. Just Yeah, you did. I'm going to show it to you right now. I, I don't care if you show another video. You made my day with the one video that you surprised me with. Well, this on one, topic, I, guess I, I guess I'm surprising you on this one, too. <laughs> yeah, well, there you are, because I actually, I thought you posted this one. Did I? No, I think you did. Pretty sure. But maybe I, I did. I don't know. I think it's you. In the meantime, play the video. <laughs> I'm going to play the video. It's 54 seconds. We'll talk through it. It's what What is a video of is two U.S. warships moving through, and then there's Chinese fighter jets that are flying overhead. There's more joint, uh, they, boy, they're really talking fast, more joint military drills, this time between Russia and China. So then the U.S. and Japan are now starting to kick off their own field training in that area. So there's a lot of posturing, a lot of things going on. And this is actually a video called China in Focus. So it's going to go into some flooding that's actually happening there too. But let me just back up that. There's a lot of posturing happening, a lot of rumors of wars happening in that area of the world, and it, it keeps ramping up and ramping up and ramping up. So, so GJ, talked. I know you were in Japan. You were stationed there, I believe you said, right? So while you were there, what kind of things would clue you into, hey, something's, something is afoot, something is up when you would notice what when you were over there? Well, just put in perspective, I was stationed in Okinawa, Japan. So strong military presence by the United States of America. You know, all the uh, different, uh, you know, the Army, the Navy, the Marine Corps, the Air Force, you know, joint <clears throat> joint military efforts. Uh, they worked with uh, all the different uh, countries in that area. And uh, Okinawa is 500 miles from mainland Japan. So the East China Sea, where a lot of this is happening, is, I mean, that was that was one side of the island that we're on. So that just puts in perspective. We would go to heightened air, you know, like they would go to heightened alerts. You know, they have different color signs. 
And, you know, I remember having amber alerts. And then in the Air Force, you know, you would see a strong presence of the Air Force, fighter jets, bombers. Back then, they had the SR-71 Blackbird, which was a, you know, they could, it was like a rocket ship. It could fly around the world pretty fast. And it was stationed in Okinawa. And you talk about, that was, that was impressive. So you would just see a heightened alert. And, uh, and then we did a lot of war games in South Korea, you know, twice a year. And it was more than just all the bases in Okinawa. Hey, there you are. Pull it up. Good old Naha. And I was like, where you just pulled that up. It says Ona. I was south of there. So I was between Ona and Naha. And uh, I was stationed on. Yeah, I was actually south. I was was stationed at Camp Foster, which actually was a Marine base. So here I am at Army uh, living on a Marine base. So, and then all of our medical was Navy. And then, of course, if we flew anywhere, it was on the Air Force. So I got exposed to the whole, to all, all the forces. But to answer your question, we would just see heightened. You could just see the presence and you could feel it. Well, so I don't know if that this, has any, helps anything or people are li- no, watching makes, or listening. Right what are you talking about, dude? Well, no, it makes perfect know. sense. It, it's very helpful because <clears throat> if you are listening to this, then we would encourage you to go to a map and check out where Okinawa is in relation to Taiwan, in relation to China. So if you look that, uh, if, if you're listening, then you're, what you're going to hear me say is, is that Okinawa, which is in Japan, is northeast of where Taiwan is. And there is a Okinawa trough that's there. And there's also the Straits, the Strait of Taiwan, which goes in between the two. And then the South China, East China Sea, excuse me, is right there. And then Taiwan is southeast of that. And then Taiwan is, I'm not sure exactly how many miles away Taiwan is from the mainland China, but it is literally in the middle of everything. And so Japan is very close by, as you can see in this map, just moving right up here because you have all the islands, which I think they're called the Ryukyu Islands, which is where Okinawa is. That is correct. And then you go all the way up to Japan Alive. And then there is... I'm going to say it for you this time, and I'm like, no, I'm not. But sometimes I don't, I don't feel like I'm smart at all. Well, you are. But, uh, and and you, you showed South Korea, by the way. You can see how much water, because it's a peninsula, where we're talking about that storm. Oh, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. So on, on, on the east side of North Korea is water. The other is landmass. So, you know, which makes sense that South Korea would be possibly hit harder. Yeah, and actually, I'm surprised that we're not even talking about Japan with that storm. Seems to me like that storm would have to kind of straight through Japan. But in any event, it may have already hit them. So maybe old news at this point. But so anyway, that's uh, that's kind of what's happening over there. And wars, rumors of wars. So we have to really stay focused on what's going on in that area of the world. And then we had an event that happened this past week that moving on to leading up to the tribulation. I'm just going to. I'm just going to make some analogies to what I think, because here's the deal. We had the current administration decided to come Whoa. on and give it. And to you're, cut, and to give you're actually it. going there. You're actually going there. I am. I am. Because, I mean, here's the deal. We're not going to take sides right now. So for those of you that are out there wanting to think that we're going to take sides, we're not taking sides. We're just going to show you what we saw. And we're going to let you make your decision for yourself and go listen to what you want to listen to. And that's that. So, so the current administration, I will leave the names out, 
they he, they decided that they needed to do a speech. Okay, there's a lot of political turmoil <clears throat> here in the United States, and as much as some people don't want to admit it, political turmoil in the United States actually has impact globally, as we've already seen. So comes out and gives a speech, and the only thing I can say is, is I felt like as I was watching this, I could hear the the song from Star Wars. And then I sent you that meme of the emperor rising at the Senate. I'm like, what in the world's going on here? I thought that was genius, by the way. I didn't create it myself, but it was definitely genius. And by the way, if we're not around next week, end times touch, that is where you're going to find us. Yeah. But here, here is the current administration. Hey, that was our Good job. Hey, I think I see C-3PO back there. He's in chains. But they this is the first time ever that we have ever had a speech given in the United States by the current administration or any administration at all where Marines are stationed are, sta- are standing in the background. That is the first time ever this has happened. And the subject matter of the speech, GJ, why don't you lead us in a little bit of that? Because you're probably going to be a little bit more... Uh, careful than I am as I talk about this. I don't know if I'll be more careful. Well, a couple things. It was it was the speech to the to the to our nation. That's you know, that was the premise of it. And pretty much all it was was about who's doing what and who's not doing what and basically creating more of a divide versus, hey, you know, let's come together. So there's definitely that separation and that was very clear. Didn't matter where you stood. And I'm like, okay, how it's good for anybody that's and I, and by the way i didn't watch this i went back when i started seeing all these memes pop up around the internet i went back and like okay is this somebody making a meme to make a point or did this really happen in the video so i went back and i you know i went to youtube and watched the video and by the way hardly anybody watched it you know when you got 300 plus million people in the united states alone and Hardly anybody watched it. That was a sign right there. I don't think all the major news outlets carry this either. It's like ABC, CBS, NBC. I don't think they carried it. I think with some of the other knockoffs, the the, the fake fake media. Yeah, I said it. And why did I say that? Is because there's propaganda being put out. So I don't want to get sidetracked here. So when I saw it, I'm like, okay. The first thing I saw is go back to pre 1941 was what happened in a country called Germany. That's all I'm going to say. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is a scene right out of that timeline. Some of the wording was crafted almost identical to that time. And then I also thought Star Wars as well. And, and then I'm like, okay, you start looking at some of the subtleties of this, the, the red background, which represents blood. And, you, and a lot of people say, well, the blood of Jesus. Well, no, Satan represents blood too, uh, red. And, uh, and you look at some of the symbolism, you could just see that there was a darkness, there was a evilness, and you don't have to know anything about politics or even don't even listen to the message itself. Just watch, watch it on silence. That message tells you a lot. So, you know, the, the old adage, pictures worth, worth a, a thousand words. But I can't speak now. <laughs> a picture's worth a thousand words. <laughs> so I just, uh, 
There was other subtleties in there, which some people thought was a picture or a window. Uh, some people thought it was a clock with no numbers. The, there, there's symbolism all over. That's the bottom line. And the more and more we talk about this over the last two years, the symbolism and the satanic uh, imprint is being cast out there in so many ways. And it, it's happened for you know decades. It's just been so subtle. Now it's like, we're right out in the open. Yeah. That's all I get to well, say about that. Lieutenant no, I, I appreciate that. I would have, I probably would have gone, uh, I probably would have gone a little, even a little bit further than that. So you, you did good keeping it to a minimum. Here's the thing is that what, what really sparked in my mind was if you can point out a whole people group and target them really for, we're not going to tolerate your behavior anymore or your belief system. This really is one of those leading up to the tribulation moments and the biggest things that make you go hmm, that you could ever come up with. Because now we actually have a leader coming out in this country. It's happened in many other <clears throat> countries around the world, but in this country, a leader coming out and targeting openly a people group. Now, I'm not going to mention who the people group is. Those of you who know what's going on in this country, you'll be able to figure it out. You can actually just go to any of the news stations that you can in your area of the world and probably find it. But it just throws my mind to the place where Christians, people that believe in Jesus, the 144,000 evangelists that come out of Israel, actually, to evangelize the world during the tribulation, how when the Antichrist comes, I'm not saying that the current administration is the Antichrist, because I'm not saying that at all. I'm just making a comparison. They're that just a when the Antichrist, <laughs> precursor. The precursor is Here's your yeah, sign. They're too, they're, <laughs> they're too incompetent to, to carry it out. <laughs> but when the Antichrist comes on the scene and he's going to target a people group globally and those who believe in Jesus, it's going to be a very, very serious thing because they're going to go after Christians. They're going to go after people that believe in Jesus and, and call on the name of Jesus and people that have the seal of God on them, as Revelation talks about. So I couldn't think of a better segue to move into the message today because and I'm going to get that off the screen. I couldn't think of a better way to segue into this message than to talk about that with that picture up there because, because when Jesus talks to the seven churches in Revelation, we've been talking through the seven letters of Revelation, and today we're going to move into the church of Sardis, which is the fifth letter that uh, Jesus wrote through the hand of John, the revelator. Uh, he talks to Sardis. And Sardis is a really interesting city because Sardis was really an, an upper fortified part of an ancient city. So they were, they were very well protected. It's about 60 miles east of where Ephesus is. Most of you have to go back to a map to figure out what that looks like. 50 miles due east of Smyrna, which is another city we've already talked about. And about 30 miles south of, of Thyatira, which is the city we last talked about. And it was the capital of what was called the province of Lydia. Now, the Lydian kingdom began around 1200 BC. It's a long, 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 long time ago. It was the center of opposition to the European forces. And it was one of the greatest enemies of, of the Ionian cities, which I'll just give you a little history here. But there was a conquest of Sardis by King Cyrus of Persia in the 6th century BC. Now, if you remember, King Cyrus of Persia was one of the ones mentioned in the Old Testament that actually invaded Israel and took over Israel. Now, moving on, if you fast forward to AD 17, 
that was right in the middle of when Jesus was alive. That city was actually devastated by an earthquake. But through Emperor Tiberius, during the time, the city was able to recover because he sent aid to the city and they helped to rebuild at least some of the city. And there was a special coin that was given in honor of Tiberius. They erected a temple there as well in honor of the Emperor Tiberius. So the economy of the city was very fertile territory, was carefully cultivated, had an active trade with many other parts of the world. Its main industries dealt with the production of wool, of uh, jewelry, and it was also known for its dyes and its ability to produce beautifully colorful garments. Okay, so that's kind of what the city is like in that in that time frame. Its religious like background. This. Yeah. Ooh, uh, yeah. So they decorated themselves pretty much. The evidence of emperor worship, pagan temples and idols and occultic practices were present in, in just like every other city that we've talked about so far. But no particular influence stands out. Its coins have religious symbols, including the Greek god Zeus. A spe- uh, in, in some in some mindsets that Zeus is supposed to really represent uh, Satan himself as the, the the one Greek god in Greek mythology that oversees everything with the thunder and and destruction. So, in any event, there were there, a lot of the things were there with the same as other cities, but it was it was a very eclectic city. Everybody kind of gathered there. So here's a church that's being set up, and it's it's in Western Turkey, by the way. And they actually had ideas of healing powers that were associated with pagan gods. Now, the interesting point about Sardis is that such healing power was expanded to include restoring the dead. All right, flow with me here. And perhaps this was connected with the hot springs, which were located very close to the city. And then here's the thing, though. I, I can't help but connect this fact with the words of the letter that, that John wrote and Jesus wrote. You have a name that you are alive, but you are dead. Words that would have reminded the residents of the city of their glorious past and their meaningless present situation. Because remember, it was destroyed by an earthquake. They were a thriving um, Acropolis, and then they were destroyed by an earthquake and kind of rebuilt. And so when John wrote the book of Revelation, Sardis had already lost its former glory, and the Acropolis was no longer inhabited, and the city was faced with a glorious past and what felt like no future. So this is this is the setup. Because then John writes this, because in spite of the past wealth of the city, there's no boasting in this letter like that of Laodicea, which is another city we talked about, or we're going to talk about actually. So there doesn't seem to be a problem with persecution here. There's no emphasis on the impact of pagan religions or religious opposition. The church has a reputation and appears to be a normal congregation in the the eyes of other people. So it's like, why would he write a letter? To the Sardis, when it seems to be a normal congregation, just living their life and doing what they need to do. And the impression that I get when I'm reading this letter is that the church is dying through apathy and indifference. Because things are kind of status quo, not a lot of persecution, not a lot of things going on, they become very apathetic and very indifferent. And that's exactly what we see in the assessment of the church that Jesus gives to them. This is in Revelation chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. The message comes from Jesus because it says the seven spirits are the seven angels, which are God's messengers in the book of Revelation, and one is assigned to each church. So the truth about each church is known by Jesus. This is just a little background information for what we've already talked about. And the spiritual condition of the church uh, of Sardis is not easily known. 
because look at this. The church of Sardis had a good reputation. He says, you have a name that you are alive. Your reputation is, oh, we're doing great here. We're alive. We're a church that's thriving. But in the eyes of other people, the church of Sardis was spiritually alive. But Jesus sees the real condition of the church of Sardis and says, but you are dead. That's interesting. It's, it's really startling to realize that there can be such a contrast between what people say about a church and what Jesus might say about the same church. What is true about a whole congregation is also possible for individual believers here. Now, some people may think that their church is spiritually alive, and I'm not here to judge any church. Trust me, I'm not there to judge that. But sometimes what you find is that the church is actually spiritually dead in the eyes of the Lord, no matter what anybody else might say. Now, that's up for, that's up for Jesus to determine, not me. But if this actually existed in the time that John was writing it, I guarantee you this kind of a church exists now too. So we just have to be very, very careful. But here's a good lesson though. Don't be too quick to judge the outward appearance or the performance of a church. The important questions that we need to deal with are with the inward person, which is the realm of the unseen, the heart of the individual, which in Jeremiah it says, the heart is deceitful above all things who can know it. Not even we can know it, only God. That's what Jeremiah talks about. So the question here that Jesus is posing to the, I believe, the church of Sardis is, are we really in right relationship to God in the innermost parts of our hearts? That's where we need to actually focus. Our reputation is no guarantee of our inward character. We could have a name out there that everybody recognizes and it's good. Like I, I can name several churches right now, but I don't want to point any of them out that says, oh, they have a great reputation for this or they have a great reputation for that. But what is the inward character? And that's the, what God needs to be the only one that judges. The Bible warns <laughs> us, however, uh, often concerning the outward appearance, right? We're not to look at the outward appearance, but it's, it's the condition of the heart. So that's really what Jesus is pointing out here. They seemed unconcerned about their spiritual condition when Jesus says, be watchful. That phrase actually means wake up. So he is saying that the church of Sardis is spiritually dead, and he's saying, wake up. Ephesians 5.14 says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. They were also, in Sardis, unaware of how serious their condition was. When Jesus tells this church to strengthen the things that remain, strengthen the things that remain. The third thing is, is that this church was unresponsive to what the Lord wanted. Jesus says to them, I have not found your works perfect before God. They're like, hey, you have a great reputation, but don't think that you're all that important. And then, but then we go on to what the what is required that Jesus tells the church that they need to do. He says, you have to remember what the Bible teaches. He says, remember what you have received and heard. Like what you actually heard when you first started, you need to do that. He also says to reestablish the loyalty and obedience to God that is taught in his word. And the simple words in the scripture there are hold fast to these things. And then the third thing we see is that we have to repent of our wrong attitudes and our practices. So first of all, wake up, reestablish your commitment to God, and then repent for any wrong attitudes and things that you've been doing that have been displeasing in God's sight. So that's, the, that's what the church of Sardis basically says in that letter. And um, GJ, so kind of giving you that, that kind of a word picture, that word like 
all at you. What do you think about that? And then lead people to know who Jesus is. Well, you woke me up, so I'm definitely awake. And I really have nothing. However, Papa Reynolds does. So in his Bible, and I'm at the very beginning of chapter 3, Revelation chapter 3, verse 1, you know, it talks about Sardis, as Dan just said. And he wrote specifically a dead church. So one of the things that I think Dan attests on it is when we talk about the church, we're not talking about every church or every person. You know, unlike uh, that one picture, they were taking shot, you know, that resident person was taking shots at a group. We're not taking a shot at a group. It's just, it's just reality. The other thing is, as an entrepreneur for the last 30 years, it's easy to become complacent when things are pretty good. So as Dan laid out, things seem pretty good. It's easy to become complacent. Right now, I feel with all the, the craziness and all the signs and everything that's happening, and let's say everything we say is wrong about the signs and all. I look at, at some point, we're going to die. If we don't go in the rapture, we're going to die. And where are you going to spend eternity? That's really what needs to happen. And I think that we're living the, exactly right now what Dan just pointed out. And uh, we're seeing it on all fronts. That's why we bring this show every week. So where are you going to spend eternity? That's one of the things. And then going back to that previous photo that we showed of a resident, it, it's like he's trying to come from a position of a throne. And if you read on into chapter four, it talks about the throne, but it's not that throne. And one of the things that we see with Satan is that he'll take things of God and subtly change it or flip it to, which really is a blasphemy. And so that really stuck with me when you, when you were talking about this and I was looking through here. So, and the other thing is in that speech, he did not target Christians. So I want to be very clear. However, we know that you silence one group. It's a matter of time before you silence another group. Where we head into the end times is that groups will be silenced. We've seen it over and over. That's why we always go in times.chat, in times.chat, because you can't find us. That's where we'll be because we're susceptible of being silenced. And we, we do our best. And, you know, we actually pray before the show and we do that every week. And one of the prayers is we were thanking Jesus for keeping us, you know, 90, I think 96, 97, I think there's 96 show right here every week. So, so going back to the message is, we're living those times. It's time to be vigilant. It's time to be vigilant in your in your faith. And maybe you've been hurt in the church or by the church or by somebody. I mean, we, we got resources on 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 um, spiritual abuse, <laughs> church abuse. I mean, it happens. We know what happens. And sometimes the church has been the biggest judgment uh, of all of all entities. And the only the only one that needs to judge anyone of us is Jesus. You know what you're doing, what you're not doing. You don't need somebody to tell you that. And uh, we're definitely not here to tell you that. The one thing we are here is that there's life and whatever's happening in this life, this is just a precursor to eternity. And you're going to spend eternity in one of two places. You're going to spend it in hell. Or you're going to spend it in heaven. Dan and I choose to spend it in heaven. You know, at first it was just me. And then Dan said, Hey, I want to hang out with EG. And so he said, I'm going to spend heaven with G. <laughs> that's happened okay, let's do I was it making a joke. I, was, I was making a joke we're going to play volleyball by a safe volcano in heaven <clears throat> I don't think so volcanoes in heaven. 
I don't know. I've never been there, but I'm going there in regards what happens. And as we shared last week, you know, we've dealt with a lot of tough time. I mean, last week I felt like I was being silenced with my throat and I actually had a coughing attack on the show. And I was like, oh my gosh. And so we're humans. We deal with different things as well. And the one thing that I continue to find comfort in is that I know where I'm going. And when there's peace there, it's just like when Papa Reynolds passed away, I knew where he was going. There was no ifs, ands, or buts. So you're watching the show. Where are you, where are you going? And then you say, hey, I'm with you. I'm going to hang out with, with you, you and Dan in heaven. Great. And Jesus. All right. <laughs> That's great. What about the people that you know that aren't there? What yeah. can you do to help them? What can you do to, to bring Jesus to them? And nobody wants to be beat over the head. You can do it out of love. And a lot of times it's just, are you ready? <laughs> and where are you going? So that's pretty, that, pretty much that simple. That's really about all I got to say about that. Back to you, you, Lieutenant Dan, smartest man alive. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, here's, here's what, we're, what we're getting at is that Revelation is very clear that the one who overcomes will be given certain promises. And the one who overcomes is the one who accepts that Jesus is the Son of God, came to take away the sin of the world, and that died on the cross as a sacrifice for us to pay the debt that we owed because of the sinful nature that we have inside of us. We have to accept that forgiveness and then allow Jesus to come into our hearts and change us from the inside out, which literally, which literally means this, point me in the right direction, God, and I'm going to walk with you. He'll provide strength and encouragement and love and peace in your heart, no matter what you may go through. You could go through some of the worst things in the planet, but he's with you all the way. And there's a promise of what will happen even after you die. So Jesus, when he tells the church of Sardis, all the things that, that he said, hey, you've got this great reputation, but you're actually spiritually dead. Wake up, reestablish your relationship with me, and then move forward with me. What he's actually saying, but he actually offers three promises. He says, if you overcome and you persevere, you will walk with me in white, clothed in white garments. He will provide, he will give you that perfection in heaven. Two, he'll provide security where he says, I will blot out your name from the, uh, I will not blot out your name from the book of life. The book of life is the one that actually Jesus and God use. As if your name is written in there, you're you're in heaven. That's it. And I know my name is there because I'm going to heaven. And he says, if you can keep these things in you and overcome, I will not blot out your name from the book of life. And then the third thing that Jesus provides and promises is that he says, I will confess your name before my father and before his angels. So we are supposed to confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord and urge to confess before men that we have come to believe in Jesus as our savior from sin. And then he will confess our name before his father and his angels. That's the promise that he gives us. And we can do that right now. So I'm going to ask anybody that's listening to this, watching this, if this is your moment right now, this is your moment to make the decision. Because you know what? I know this has been overused probably in the past, but it's so, so clear. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. We see that through all the things going on in the world all the different things that are happening. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. So this is your moment to accept Jesus and invite him into your life. And I'm going to say a prayer with you right now, and I want you to pray with me if that's you, or just pray in your heart. It's dear Jesus, we love you. 
we are so grateful that we have a, that we can have a relationship with you but we need to do we need to first of all confess with our mouth that Jesus is the son of God that he is the lord he is the one that we should be serving why because Jesus you offered that sacrifice to provide a relationship with your father and you in heaven that we cannot attain or get or gain on our own Lord, we accept your forgiveness in our life. We invite you to come and live with us, teach us, grow us, and help us to become bold witnesses for you, and that we will confess you before men all and women all over this planet so that they will know that I have a relationship with you and that they can have one too. And all they need to do is accept you and call out on your name. We thank you, Lord, right now for those who have done that. We're rejoicing with the angels in heaven for those that have accepted you. And Lord, we're so grateful and thankful for another opportunity to serve you day by day. But give us, Lord, the strength to move forward and move on. Continue to bless our relationships and teach us how to be in right relationship with each other. Because Lord knows I need that. GJ may not need that. I'm sure he does. And all of us need that, Lord, as we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. I do. Thank you. Thank you. Hey. Thank you, Lieutenant Dan. Amen. Hallelujah. Hey, that was good. Was that the great monster? <laughs> Possibly, and I don't know if I can do it again, so uh, don't ask. <laughs> hey, everybody. We will see you next week. Love you. Appreciate you. We're praying for you. And uh, what's your final word, man? God bless me. Thank you for tuning in to End Times Chat with GJ and Dan. If you decided to follow Christ, email us at endtimeschat at gmail.com. We would love to hear your story. Tune in next time for more. And don't forget to pray, prepare, protect, proclaim, pray again, persist, persevere, and pass it on. God bless. We'll see you next time.